Welcome to Straight Money, the podcast where two insiders give you the straight goods about investing and financial planning with no sugar coating. This podcast is brought to you by Easy Insurance, Vancouver's premier digital life and health insurance agency. For free life insurance quotes, go to www.easy-insurance.ca. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in to Straight Money, the podcast where we give you the straight goods about investing and financial planning with no sugar coating. You know what? This is our first episode, so I want to thank you guys for helping us make history. Because this is our first episode, I want to just touch on a couple of things. I want to just introduce myself and my co-host, Cam. And then after that, I want to just briefly talk about why it is that we started this podcast. So I'm gonna get into it right away. My name is Yermaya Dharani. I'm a licensed insurance and financial services professional working in Vancouver, British Columbia for the last seven years. And uh, Cam, who is my partner and co-host on this, is a certified financial planner. Cam, why don't you tell them a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, so I've been working in the industry officially since 2012 as an advisor and life agent. Unofficially, I've been trading and investing since I was 20 years old, and I would say we have a great mix of mainstream experience combined with actual industry experience. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Cam is a machine, guys, and you guys are going to be getting the inside goods from the inside people over here. So let's get right into it. I want to basically touch on why it is that we started this podcast. So with everything that's been going on, you know, COVID-19, I'm sure you guys may have heard about it. Right, me and Cam were talking and we thought about it and we thought that, you know what? A lot of people, unfortunately, are probably getting caught with their, their pants down financially, so to speak, you know? And uh, it's extremely uh, worrying for us, you know? And it's heartbreaking for us as financial advisors because, you know, we know that it's something that could have totally been prevented. You know, if if somebody had sat down with a, with a financial professional and kind of, you know, put a plan together, uh, to protect themselves in case something like this happens. You know, we're probably going to see some mortgage foreclosures. There's probably going to be a lot of businesses going bankrupt, you know, a lot of restaurants and things like that, unfortunately. Absolutely. And that's for sure. And, you know, honestly, you know, the biggest pet peeve that I have is how I'll be sitting down with people. They've got no savings. They've got no financial plan. They've got no risk management in place. And then I'll... I'll give them a, a, a financial plan. I'll promise them financial security if they decide to commit, say, three to $500 a month towards a financial plan. And they'll look me right in the eye and they'll say, oh, you know what? Oh, that's a lot of money, man. Damn, 500 bucks <laughs> is a lot of money. And then next thing you know, about a week or two later, they're going to get a call from their buddy, Joe, um, you know, who works at the lumber mill. And uh, he just uh, found out from his buddy about some some hot tip on a marijuana stock or something like that. And the next thing you know, they're ready to put $10,000 down uh, and they're taking money out of their line of credit to do it. And does that like, you know, does that sound familiar to you at all, Cam? Absolutely, man. I actually have two examples of this that come to mind. One is with Bitcoin. I had a, a client of my father's who had a house um, up north and essentially he took out two or three hundred thousand dollars. I can't remember how much it was and bought oh, no. almost at the height of Bitcoin, like when Bitcoin was almost twenty thousand dollars. And oh, wow. um, I haven't even heard from him since then. So I have no idea. But I warned him strongly against doing this. And, you know, these things are uh, time sensitive. Right. So if you invested mm. in Bitcoin, maybe at the end of 2008, 2009, kind of when it was coming out or some years after, you got that growth. But once everybody hears about something, that's when the retail traders come in and they lose all their money. Uh, the other thing was uh, I had a previous client wanted me to set up a self-directing account for him um, mm. with Quest Trade over there. And I set it up for him. And what he did, instead of you know diversifying out across industries and things like that, he bought five or six marijuana stocks, again, almost at the very height of the marijuana bubble. And oh, he's wow. in like a 60% drawdown right now. And mm -hmm. his business, because of the coronavirus, is suffering. 
at the same time and he's letting people go and he has no money to support that business because he's spent it all on this marijuana stock. So, you know, these are things where if you're not protecting yourself first, you're going to be in for a rude awakening if anything essentially kind of uh, threatens your business in the future, like the coronavirus pandemic. Absolutely. You know what? Anything that lasts a long time has a foundation. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to talk to people about building a foundation first. And the first tip that I want people to get from this is that if your buddy Joe, you know, from, uh, uh, you know, working at Red Robin or something like that, <laughs> is calling you up and telling you to buy marijuana stocks, you know, by the time Joe's heard about it, if it's gotten as far as Joe's actually heard about how everybody should be investing in the next cryptocurrency, that means it's probably too late. Okay, that means that you probably already missed the boat. By the time everybody's heard about it, you've already missed the boat. Exactly. And that's, that's usually a rule of thumb when it comes to investing. If you want to be successful in investing, honestly, you got to kind of go against the herd. You got to do the opposite. It's like Warren Buffett once said, you got to be fearful when others are greedy and you got to be greedy when others are fearful. Like right now with everything that's been going on, it's terrible. You know what's what's happened, uh, but it actually is an opportunity for savvy investors. For sure, Yerm. And to, to add on to that, if you look at people's preparation and finances, I mean, when the coronavirus hit, it was less than a month and people were already freaking out that they can't pay their mortgages they can't pay their rent they can't pay their bills so if you're in a position where if something happens to you that in one or two weeks you're out of money that's essentially a formula for financial disaster and bankruptcy and credit insolvency so you really got to look at that stuff first before we start speculating on all these crazy things, like you said, some your buddy from Red Robin's calling you saying, hey, man, look at this stock, this penny stock. 99% of the time, you're going to lose money on that. Exactly. And you know what? Why is it? Why is it the people, you know, why is it that I'll sit down with a guy and I'll give him a concrete plan on how if he starts saving money every single month, putting a couple of policies and things like that in place, he can get financial security. And, you know, and he's hesitant to spend a few hundred dollars a month. You know, he's looking at it like it's costing mm -hmm. him a lot of money. But the next thing you know, when Joe calls him up, he's ready to drop $10,000. Why is it that he's doing that? And the reason why is because everybody's looking for that quick buck. Everybody's looking for that get rich quick scheme. You know, nobody wants to actually put the time in. And let me tell you something, the vast majority of people that actually became billionaires, they put their time in. Even when it came to people that sort of became millionaires overnight because of some business that they created, maybe it was a dot-com business that just absolutely blew up. Um, that's probably because they put a ton of work in beforehand and then eventually that business blew up. Mm -hmm. Would you For agree sure. with that, Cam? Absolutely, absolutely. Usually these people are getting rich from some kind of a business, something that it's, it's the behind the scenes work that you don't see. And then 10 years later, the guy has a ton of money and you're wondering what happened and it's all that hard work that he put in it's not because most of the time it's not because he put his money into some stock or you know some some kind of a speculative um asset right so that's not something that is going to make sense for a lot of people because they want to get results immediately right in this TikTok generation the attention span of a person is what less than seven seconds i think was the latest study and people want immediate results. They want to get rich quick. They want to drive their Lamborghinis, but they don't want to do the work that it takes to get there. You know, no one's going to, no one's selling you a course online where in two months you're going to sell all this stuff and you're going to get a Lamborghini. That's just not going to happen. It's, it's, uh, it's snake oil, you know? 100%, 100%. And listen, you know, we're recording this podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia, you know, beautiful British Columbia here in Canada. And, um, you know, Vancouver is known for one having, you know, uh, one of the most sort of uh, people keep calling it a housing bubble, but we've got a, a housing market that, you know, many people say is overpriced. And the amount of people that you see over here in Vancouver that are what I like to say fronting. So what you'll see is you'll see people that are driving, uh, they'll be driving their five, $600 Beamers. You know, they're making six, $700 payments on their Beamers, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And they're more concerned about actually looking rich than they are about being rich. 100%. And, 
And that's what I want to encourage all of the people that are listening to po- to this podcast to do. That, you know, decide that you actually want to be rich rather than looking rich. You know, mm-hmm. believe me, being rich is better than looking rich. That's 100% for sure. Okay. Oh, for sure. And I mean, just to do a little quick side uh, here. If you look at anybody who has assets, real assets that are gaining like property, for instance, you'll notice that the smart people they're driving crappy cars. And that's because cars are not an asset. They're depreciating. It's just a money sink. That's never going to bring you any kind of money unless you have some kind of a, you know, exotic vehicle that's like a limited run. But at mm-hmm. that point that you're buying those kinds of cars, you're already rich anyway. So look at what people are doing that are actually rich. And like you said, not the ones that are fronting around with the Beamer uh, or, or whatever it is that they don't even own it. They're just trying to show off to their friends and make sure that, you know, everybody knows that this guy's successful or, or whatnot. Exactly. You know what? That's uh, that's basically how these luxury cars are even sold. You know, in this day and age, they're sold. You're, you're purchasing it because it represents an image, you know, mm-hmm. um, more than anything else. You know, there was a there was a very you know important book about financial planning that was written many, many years ago. Uh, some of you guys may have read it already. It's called The Millionaire Next Door. And basically what this book was is that there was there was a couple of people that actually took surveys of millionaires over the a period of many, many years. They were able to interview thousands and thousands of people that were actual millionaires, like actually had like millions of dollars in, in liquid, you know, assets. So that if they wanted to sell all their investments, they could literally put a million dollars worth of cash on a table if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So so they, they interviewed these people and what they found is that almost every single one of them, you know, or most of them, I should say, lived in ordinary homes. That's why it's called the millionaire next door. Like the person living next to you you know, might be a millionaire and you have no idea. And most of these people actually, they drove used cars. So mm-hmm. what they would do is they would they would buy a nice car, they'd buy that luxury vehicle, but they'd wait for it to be about three, four years old so that about 60 to 70% of the depreciation had already come off the vehicle. And then they would go and buy the vehicle cash. So they still look like they're very, very successful, but they just do it in a much smarter way, you know? Mm, for sure. Okay. Now listen, the vast majority of people in Canada are not financially secure or financially stable enough. You know, uh, there's studies out there that show that the average person, you know, is about three months away from being bankrupt if they were to, to lose their job. And the reason why that number is three months is because that's how long it takes for the bank to actually foreclose on your property. You know, so that's why they give them three months. After three months, that's when the bank moves in, sort of kick people out. And what we want to do is we want to introduce people to a process where they can start by giving themselves security and they can end up by giving themselves long-term financial wealth and freedom. Okay? For sure. All right. So, you know, first thing that I want to talk about is just a simple quote from a, a German philosopher right uh, by the name of frederick nietzsche the quote is that first man must learn to walk and then run one cannot fly by flying okay so what people are trying to do is they're trying to skip the steps right instead of building the foundation first they just want to get rich quick immediately and so what we're going to talk about is what i like to call the three stages of financial prosperity okay we're going to talk about financial security Then the second stage is what I call financial independence. And then the third stage is financial freedom. And this is a very, very basic framework that each of the people that are listening to this podcast can use, ask themselves, which stage are they in right now? And how can they get to the next stage? Okay. So this podcast was started from the complete opposite perspective of what many of these other podcasts may be. You know, other people might be trying to promise you the world, right? Um, You know, if you want to get rich quick, take your money and go to Vegas, okay? But Mm. if you want to be wealthy for real, we're going to give you a framework to do it. How's that sound, Cam? That sounds good, man. And you're exactly right. People skip steps. They want to go to uh, step three immediately. And 
when step three doesn't work out and something happens without step one, step two, they're going to be so much further behind than if they just did the steps in the proper order, right? So, um, but nobody's teaching them the steps. Nobody's teaching them step one and two. Everybody's trying to sell them, like I said earlier, they're trying to sell them Lamborghini and, and the penthouse, you know, start with the foundation before you go to the top. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, you know, one of the reasons why you want to do that is because if you're constantly just trying to hit home runs, right, life is not always linear. In life, you know, we don't just keep taking steps forward. Sometimes we take steps forward and then we take a few steps backwards as well. You know, life has been known to throw curveballs at you. So if the only thing that you're trying to do is um, hit home runs, that means that all that you're focused on is your offense. You know, you can't just be focused on your offense. You got to be focused on your defense first. In fact, if you watch professional sports, you know that it's defense that wins championships, you know? So what we're going to talk about is the offense, right? But we're also going to be talking about the defense. We're going to make sure that, you know, not only are the people listening to this podcast going to have get great ideas on how they can accumulate wealth, but they're also going to get great ideas on how it is that they can protect themselves. So the rest of this podcast is basically going to be talking about the three stages in general, what they are. And in future episodes, we're going to be talking about the specific steps needed to get to each one of the stages, you know, and how young families, young Canadians out there can get it done. So let's not waste any more time and let's get to it right after this break. All right, guys, welcome back. So listen, let's start talking about the first stage. All right, the first stage of the three stages of financial prosperity is what I like to call financial security, okay? So this is the most important stage. Like I said, think of this as you're building the pyramids you're building like a, a, one of the greatest wonders of the world when it comes to your your financial your wealth and prosperity. And the foundation of those pyramids are what are going to make sure that it actually lasts for a long time. So the first thing that money needs to bring is security. If money doesn't bring you security, it actually doesn't bring you anything at all. You know, I honestly believe that a lot of the financial stress that we have in life is not because we crave being rich, it's because we crave security. Like, let me give you an example. People obsess about making money. You know, if you if you just Google how to get rich, um, you know, you're gonna notice that there's millions and millions of uh, searches that come up for that, millions and millions of different articles that come up for that. And why is it? You know, it's not because everybody wants to be living a or driving a Lamborghini, Although I think a lot of people do want to drive Lamborghinis. <laughs> uh, but I think that a lot of it is that people actually want security and they don't know how easy it is to actually get security. They think they got to be worth like $10 million before they're actually going to be financially secure. You know, so I'm just going to touch on, uh, you know, a, a psychologist by the, by the name of Abraham Maslow. You know, he spoke about something. He came up with a theory. It was called the hierarchy of needs. You know, and he said that we have this hierarchy of needs, which is basically like a priority of our needs. And the way that it works is until one of those needs is met, we will not be interested in the next need. Okay. And the, the priority of these needs is number one, our physiological needs, you know, so just basically the needs for like food, water, shelter, right? right. That's the most important one. The second most important one is the need for safety and security. Okay. Uh, knowing that somebody is not going to come and just like kill you or something like that. That's very, very important to us. That's the second most important. And then the need for love and the need for belongingness is the third one. Then there's self-esteem and the sense of accomplishment. And then the final need is what he calls the need for self-actualization. So you can almost compare that to self-actualization being you becoming financially, uh, you know, free or something like that, but you're just trying to skip the steps. What we want to talk about is building the base of that pyramid first. And we start with the financial security camp. For sure. And um, I'm really big on sports analogies as well as a lot of people are. And in the previous segment, you said defense wins championships. And that's absolutely correct. And if you watch soccer, you'll notice that it's not all offense. Sometimes you've got to go backwards in order to go forwards. And going backwards mm -hmm. is evaluating that foundation, 
that financial foundation that you must build in order to climb the ladder. Otherwise, you're going to get toppled. It's just a matter of time. It's a guarantee that if you don't have that in place, something's going to happen that's completely going to ruin you. And it's essentially an inevitability. Absolutely. And it's it's life will throw you a curveball. And it's not a question of if, it's more a question of when, mm-hmm. basically. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So financial security, what does it mean? Financial security means that if something unexpected was to happen to us, that would result in some sort of a big bill or like a loss of income taking place, that we're not going to be borrowing money from our credit cards or like going into our line of credits or asking our parents and our friends for money or going bankrupt because of it. Okay. So there's two steps to have to having your financial sort of defensive plan in place, right? Very, very simple, but extremely important steps. Now, the first step is to protect your income, right? And the second step is to start an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that, Cam? Absolutely. And um, why don't we go into what those steps are in detail? Absolutely. So, So the reason why we need to protect our income, okay? And the reason why that's the first step is because our ability to earn money is actually our most important asset. See, a lot of people don't think about this. You know, they think that their most important asset or their most valuable asset is their home or their jewelry, or some people will say their their vehicle. But what they neglect is something much more valuable, you know, and that is our ability to earn money. The only reason why we actually have a home, the only reason why we have a vehicle is because we can go and we can earn money. You know, if I make $50,000 a year and I'm going to be working for another 20 years, even if I'm not getting a single raise, that's still worth a million dollars to me. And if something was happen- was to happen to that ability, you know, if I was to, to get hit by a bus while I'm crossing the street or mm-hmm. if I was to go uh, ski jumping when I'm drunk, uh, you know, or something like that and, you know, break my leg and I can't go to work for like three months or six months or something and I've got no more money. Well, like I said, you know, the average Canadian is about three months away from being bankrupt. And so if something was to happen to me, if I was to get ill, if I was to get diagnosed with a disease or something like that, and I've got to recover. Now I can't go to work, you know, for six, seven months. Uh, that's it. I'm going to be out on the street. And that kind of thing is one of the main reasons why people actually don't get there. And when I say get there, what I mean is getting to that financial prosperity and that wealth that they crave. Exactly. And you know what? Most people never do that calculation. It's never taught to them to see how much you're actually worth, right? We always have everything in the media telling us or even the government saying, you got to insure your house. You got to insure your car. You're paying 10, you know, you're paying two, $3,000 on $10,000 car sometimes. And mm-hmm. you're not protecting your asset at all. And like you said, $50,000 over 20 years, that's a million dollars. But when you include raises or, you know, if you have, uh, if you're self-employed or something like that, and you're making $100,000, $200,000. Now you're talking about an asset yourself that's worth in the millions and millions of dollars. And if that's not protected, that's just foolish on anybody. You know, like who wouldn't want to protect their most important asset? You're protecting everything else. These companies, these essentially these insurance companies are taking money for not a lot of value, but you never protect yourself because you're never really doing the calculation because nobody teaches it to you. Absolutely. And you know what? Like I said, nobody, nobody wants to play defense. Everybody wants to play offense. You know, everybody, all they want to do is get rich. You know, they don't want to follow all the steps in between there, you know, and um, that's one of the, that's one of the biggest problems that we have. And this is something that is easily avoidable. But why is it, why is it that people always have their car insured? You know, and people always have their house insured. I'll tell you why. It's because I have to have my house insured. Otherwise, the bank is not going to give me a mortgage on my property. If my if my bank finds out that the property that I own is not insured with property insurance, they're going to be calling me up right away saying, you know what, you've got this many days to put property insurance on the property. Otherwise, we're going to foreclose and we can no longer give you this mortgage. You know, and because they want to protect their uh, liability, they want to protect the fact that they've lent me money and they don't want me to screw up and for it to cost them money. 
you know and then mm -hmm. and then if you look at car insurance car insurance is very similar too why is it that we all have to have car insurance well you know what if i'm driving down the street and i i get into an accident i hit somebody and they you know become paralyzed god forbid you know then they need to have some sort of a recourse and if i don't have insurance and they try and sue me and i don't have money then they have no recourse so so we are forced into buying these type of insurances by law because if we don't have them we could potentially do damage to others right the only reason why we're not forced by law to buy insurance that protects our own income is because we're not doing damage to somebody else see it's our responsibility to take care of our own income it's not the government's responsibility to make sure that if i break my leg that i've done right by me would you agree with that, Ken? Absolutely, and and to hit it on on another point, a lot of the reasons. I mean, there's one one main reason why, really, I think a lot of people don't insure themselves and and protect themselves is because they don't think anything is going to happen to them mm -hmm. until it happens to them and it's too late. And I mean, being in this industry for as long as we've been, and uh, even some personal uh, stories that I can tell, I had a friend who passed away uh, when he was about 26 years old. So this was maybe about uh, seven or eight years now, he was just a passenger driving uh, to school over mm -hmm. in uh, Ontario, out east in Canada, and they were doing a long road trip, and they flipped their car into a ravine, basically, and um, he was sleeping, and the car was flipped upside down, and he drowned. You know oh, I mean? wow. Luckily, actually, his parents uh, had some life insurance on him, um, and they were able to start a foundation at my high school that basically gave a grant to you know somebody who essentially had certain similarities to him um but you know he was just going to school he didn't think something would happen to him and yeah. uh, boom right it's an instant and his life was over i had another situation just uh in december of last year where a family friend they were essentially drinking and he came home and they lived in a townhouse and this townhouse obviously had stairs and he was going to get something he tripped over these boxes fell down the stairs kind of backwards and he's paralyzed from the neck down of course no protection he's got to go fund me now for his expenses and bills and things like that so nobody thinks anything can happen but everybody can name somebody that something happened to them where it's like you know somebody passed away or had cancer or something like that so that's a really stupid reason not to protect yourself in my opinion Exactly. You know what? In my experience, the people that are the most desperate to protect their income and, you know, get some sort of insurance or something in place are the people that know that they can't get it anymore, you know, mm -hmm. because it's too late because they've already had some sort of a health issue, you know. And so so I want guys to, to start thinking a little bit differently, start thinking differently from the herd, you know, start thinking about protecting yourself. Right. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> okay, so we talked about income protection. Now I want to briefly just touch on an emergency fund. Okay, so I define an emergency fund, you know, and it's commonly defined as having three to six months of your after tax income, or at the very least, your after tax expenses set aside. Okay, so that if there was some sort of an emergency that happened, <clears throat> say that there's a death in the family or something like that, God forbid, there's some funeral expenses or something, you know, COVID-19 happened, right? You've mm -hmm. got three to six months worth of money set aside in a place that you can get access to so that when something like that happens, you're not stressing out about it. You've actually planned for it and it's not going to be uh, damaging, you know, doing tremendous damage to your finances. Okay? And you know, you're, it's shocking to me uh, with the coronavirus pandemic, how quickly people's emergency funds or lack thereof essentially ran out like we hadn't even hit the unemployment wave and people were already panicking they don't have any money like I, I said earlier in the other segment to pay rent to pay their mortgages to pay their debts you know all these kinds of things are happening and you can't survive one or two months then you just haven't done a good enough job uh, to protect yourself and your family from these types of situations 100%, 100%. So you know what, I'm going to break this financial security goal up into two stages. Okay, let's call it stage one and stage two. All right. So stage one for financial security is 
Having three to six months of your monthly expenses set aside in an account that you can access easily. So if you are making $3,000 a month after taxes, and then you know your expenses, once you add them all up, whatever your housing expenses, your living expenses, your transportation expenses are roughly about $2,000, right? Then you wanna have three to six months of that $2,000 set aside. So you would wanna have a, a minimum of between $6,000 to $12,000 sitting in an account that you could access at any time so that when an emergency happens, that you're gonna be able to tap into that money and you're gonna be protected. And the amount of peace of mind that this is what's gonna bring you, you know, is, is gonna be remarkable. Believe me, the way that you're, you're gonna have a pep in your step, you know, your chin is gonna be a little bit higher because you know that you've got money in the bank. You know, you hate your, you hate your boss, you know, your boss is a dick, <laughs> but no problem. I got money in the bank, you know? Exactly. So, and I, I feel uncomfortable, like I have a set limit that if my money gets anywhere under that limit, and I'm not going to show what that limit is uh, with the listeners, but as soon as it goes kind of anywhere near that limit, I'm like, this is not good. Mm -hmm. And because uh, I know what the potential is. I've seen it happen so many times. And until you experience it, until you have actual experience with it from clients and things like that, um, you're not going to really know how that feels to not be able to uh, essentially cover that expense. So going forward, I know that if it goes under this level, I got to get that right back over. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Now, so stage two financial security is having three to six months of your income set aside. Okay. So we're talking about an emergency fund here again, but three to six months of your income. So let's go with the same example. You know, guy makes $3,000 a month. So for him to get to stage two, he would need to have his income protected, right? So have, you know, some insurance policies and stuff like that for that. But then he would want to have between nine to $18,000 set aside in an account that he could tap into right away in case something was to happen. Okay. Yeah. And once he's got six months worth of his after tax income set aside, then he can feel pretty good about himself. This is a tremendous milestone, guys. This is a milestone that 80% of Canadians are not gonna get to. If you can just get to this, this is the most realistic milestone that every single Canadian should achieve. And if you can get into this, then you should, you should really tap yourself on the back and say to yourself that, you know what? I did something special. I did something important and you built that foundation for yourself, Cap. Absolutely. And this is even more important when you have a family, to be honest with you, uh, because a lot of times, you know, whether you're, you're female or male, a household is counting on that income to come in and pay for the bills. If something happens, the bills don't stop, right? You still got to pay your car bills. You got to pay your cell phone bills. You got food, insurance. There's just so many things that they don't care. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to want their money. And, you know, maybe if you're single, um, you think again, oh, okay, it's not a big deal, but as you start gaining assets, as you start accruing essentially more responsibility, you have somebody that you're looking after, uh, you're going to want to protect yourself and those people, um, first before you do anything else. Like, why are you investing in something crazy when you can't even protect yourself? 100%. You know what? Uh, my favorite movie is The Godfather. And uh, in Godfather Part 1, Vito Corleone has a, has a famous line that I love. He's talking to his son, Michael, and he says that Michael, he says that men can't be careless. He said women and children can afford to be careless, but not men. You know, so like that that movie was made you know i believe in the early 70s and so at that time i don't think there was a lot of women that were working you know mm -hmm. now there are a lot of women that are working you know and so so it should be rephrased that those of us that have a family we can't afford to be careless we have too much responsibility you know and if you know taking care of our family means that we've got to have all of our ducks in a row financially you know, by having these steps taken care of, then that's definitely something that we all need to, uh, you know, seriously consider. So I want you guys to ask yourselves, you know, are you financially secure? You know, if you're not financially secure, how close are you to financial security? You know, and reach out to us, you know, there, you're going to be able to message us through this podcast 
you know, you, uh, wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast, there's going to be a way for you to be able to comment, message, and reach out to us and tell us what you think. You know, are you there already? You know, some of the people that are listening to this might already be there, you know, uh, past this first step. But I think that a lot of people still need to sort of check this off their to-do list. Absolutely. And the statistics show that exactly, right? And I hate to belabor this point, but look at the coronavirus epidemic, the pandemic that we're having, and look at the statistics. Uh, half, Basically, half of uh, the working population in Canada has filed for the CERB. And um, that would basically show you all you need to know. Uh, people are not prepared. They're not putting these things in place. So just by being prepared, you're going to be ahead of the curve already. And you want to be ahead of that curve because um, it's going to set you up for years and years to come and ex- essentially for your entire life. Exactly. And it's a decision. You know, each of us has the power to be able to make this decision and decide that we want to be financially secure. It doesn't have to be left to anybody else. We can decide to do this, you know, and um, what I recommend is get in touch, you know, get in touch with a financial advisor, right? Don't necessarily Mm -hmm. try and do it on your own. Financial advisors out there to help you, you know, find an independent one, you know, um, as opposed to one at the bank, right? Uh, The independent Mm -hmm. one is going to have a lot more options to be able to help you. But, you know, there's no need for you to try and do it by yourself, right? It's like, it's like uh, I've seen a guy cut my, I cut my hair, you know, every month for the last uh, so many, like whatever, you know, I'm 39 years old. So for the last 30 years, I've been cutting my hair once a month, you know, I've yeah. seen the guy cut my hair once a month, you know, for 30 years. Does that mean that I would try and cut my own hair? Heck no. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. I'll let this guy do it. This guy specializes in it. Okay. I thought you, I thought you were saying you're, you're cutting your own hair. Sorry. You know what? With COVID, <laughs> with COVID-19, my wife actually cut my hair the other day. And yeah. uh, she did not a bad job, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, she did screw up and we had to do something and kind of fix it. But, uh, you know, sh- yeah. she did a pretty decent job. Nice. So I don't want to I don't want to harp on this point now for too long. I want to move on to the next step and we're going to get to that right after the short break. All right. So you know what? Now that uh, we've pounded the importance of uh, financial security <laughs> and having a foundation, let's get into some of the fun stuff now. Okay. The, La- the Lamborghini section. Absolutely. I like to call this the Lamborghini section. All right. Or the uh, vacation at a nice Caribbean tropical island section. So you know what? Let's talk about financial independence and financial freedom. Okay. So stage one was financial security. Stage two is financial independence and stage three is financial freedom. So we're gonna start with talking about financial independence right now. So once the financial security is taken care of, right? Every Canadian should have a goal of becoming financially independent. You know, I believe it is a noble goal. The reason why is because I define financial independence as being able to live off the money that you've accumulated. Like, let me give you an example. If I've got some properties or some investments that generate $3,000 a month for me, and $3,000 a month is what I would be working or making if I was going to work, then I don't need to go to work anymore if I don't want to, because I have enough money coming from my passive income. You know, remember how we talked about how, um, you know, the, the average person is roughly three months away from being bankrupt if they were to lose their job. So one definition of, of wealth is how long can you sustain yourself if you were to lose your job tomorrow? So somebody who is financially independent could sustain themselves indefinitely if they were to lose their job tomorrow. The reason why is because you know, they are replacing their income with their passive income. They don't have to work. They work because they want to. And the reason why I think that this is one of the noblest goals that a person can set for themselves is because, you know, we talked about uh, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That final need is the need for self-actualization. You know, we will never truly be able to be who it is that we want to be unless the money issue is taken care of. You know, once I have enough money coming from my passive income that I don't have to work anymore, that means I can spend the rest of my life 
doing whatever it is that I believe I was meant to do or whatever it is that I want, Cam. Absolutely. And, and you hit it on the head there. People work because they want to work and they have this money on the side and they can just turn off work whenever they want. And like you said earlier, when they're pissed off at their boss, they don't want to deal with it anymore. They don't want to deal with the bureaucracy or whatever's going on, the politics. They're out. They can The next day, they can go into their office and tell their boss, I'm out, I'm done. I have enough money over here where I don't have to work another day in my life and I can sustain the current lifestyle that I have. Yeah, exactly. You know, imagine, imagine that feeling, guys. Imagine that feeling that you wake up in the morning and you say to yourself, I don't have to work today. You know, now many people, in fact, most people that are financially independent, they don't stop working. We've got to do something. There's only so many cocktails at the beach, you know, that we can have before we get bored, right? We've got to do something, but it's that feeling of knowing that we don't have to go to work if we don't want to. That is an incredibly empowering feeling. Okay. So, you know, once again, I'm going to break the financial independence goal into two stages as well. Okay. Stage one is slightly more achievable and stage two, you know, you'll be able to get there. It just might take a little bit longer. So stage one, you know, for the financial independence goal is basically having enough passive income so that your expenses are paid every single month. So we talked about, you know, gentlemen, he was making $3,000 a month after taxes, but his expenses were $2,000 a month. So if he has enough money set aside, that the income that that money generates, be it from a dividend or it's rental income or a distribution or interest, whatever it is, if that money is equal to roughly about $2,000, which equates to his expenses, then he has basically hit the reach stage one of financial independence. You know, he could decide at that point that to live a frugal lifestyle and he doesn't really need to go to work. Coronavirus happens, you know, pandemics happen. And he's saying to himself, okay, you know what? That sucks because I'm making less money, but uh, I'm okay. I can, I can ride this thing out for years if I need Mm. to, you know, for sure. Okay. And then stage two, stage two for financial independence is having enough passive income that your income is completely replaced. So this gentleman that we've been referring to makes $3,000 a month. If he's got enough investment set aside that the distributions, the dividends, the interest, the rental income, whatever have it, uh, whatever it is, is equal to roughly about $3,000 a month. You know, that means that he has completely replaced his income. And at that point, he is 100% financially independent. Okay. And you know, like I said, this is a noble goal. I believe that it is a goal that every single Canadian can achieve. Okay. Especially if they start early enough. Right. Mm. And, um, and like I said, it's extremely noble. Every single Canadian should try and achieve this. And it's just going to take a little bit longer than the financial security can. For sure. And I want to be clear to the listeners about one thing. You know, th- it, this really sounds like we're saying, you know, don't spend any money, pinch your pennies, you know, basically live kind of like a hermit, like a frugal lifestyle. And that's not what we're saying at all. You can still have fun. You can still spend your money. Just be smart about it. Be smart with how you're allocating your money, right? If you're making two, $3,000 a month, don't go buy a $2,000 Gucci purse. Don't spend $700 on a Beamer, right? Get a crappier card, get a crappier purse. You know what I mean? Because in five, 10, 15 years, you're going to have a lot more money than that person who keeps spending money they don't have on depreciation, depreciating assets. So just be smart about your money. You can still have fun, go on vacations, you know, go to restaurants, do all that kind of stuff. Just be smart about every decision, put some thought into it. And not only are you going to see the benefits now, but you're going to reap the rewards in the future for sure. 100%. And you know what we're going to, and I'm glad that you brought that up, Cam, because you know, it's, you can, you can have your cake and eat it too. All right. But there's a reason why dessert is served. Uh, after you have your dinner. Because if you had your dessert first, then you wouldn't have enough space in your stomach to basically eat that dinner anymore, you know? So Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that, okay, you know what? Either I'm just spending all my money or I'm planning on becoming financially independent. No, you can do both, right? Uh, You look at a corporation, sometimes I'll sit down with people and they'll be like, okay, you're buying, you know what? It sounds great. 
I want to do all of this, except that, oh, you know, I'm $20,000 in debt and I want to pay my debt first, you know, before I start saving for the future. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now the problem with that, as you know, hundred percent, you got to pay your debt. The problem with that though, is that you're not building that foundation. You don't have any financial security and you don't have any emergency fund or any income protection. If all that you're doing is focusing on your debt, for example. So what does a corporation do? Now corporations are extremely smart with their money. They actually have, you know, sometimes thousands of people working for them and dozens of people just 100% focused on what they should be doing with their money. Corporations will take some of their money and invest to increase their income. And then they'll take some of their money to pay their debt down. Okay. And it's the same idea. If you don't have debt, but you have an expensive lifestyle, no problem. Take some of that money from that expensive lifestyle, start putting it towards your future, you know, and it's only going to be a fraction. It's only going to be a fraction of your income. And then you get the best of both worlds. You enjoy your life. And then in the future, you know, you get your, you get your boat, you get your house in Florida, you know, and your day in the sun. Right? Absolutely. And like you say, it's not about completely switching something on or off. You know, if you're having, if you're eating out dinners three times a week, just do it two times a week. Is that really going to kill you? You know, instead of getting your coffee every day, get it every second day from Starbucks, whatever it is. And all these things start to add up. And of course, you know, once you get into compounding of uh, assets and things like that, you really start seeing big gains down the road. And we'll talk about that in another episode. But it's all these little things that you're doing plus time that's going to get you to where you ultimately want to go. Exactly, exactly. And like I said, in future episodes, just like Cam mentioned, you know, we're going to get into concrete steps that you guys can take, right? Like we talked about putting a fraction of your money aside. We'll talk about exactly what that fraction is, where you should put it, how you can invest it. And we're going to get into that. But right now, I just want to talk about philosophy. I want to give you guys, I want to philosophize with you guys about money a little bit. Okay. And I want to give you guys an idea, you know, of how it is that you can strategize, you know, and sort of make a plan for yourself long-term, you know, what that plan looks like sort of as a blueprint. Right. So, so let's, let's move on now to, to the last step, you know, which I like to call financial freedom. Okay. So financial freedom basically means having enough money to do whatever you want. That's when you get your FU money. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, it's like you're walking downtown and you go by like a Jaguar Land Rover dealership, you know, and you see a Jaguar that's like $90,000 and you say to yourself, F that I'm just going to buy it, you know, and you yep. can, you know, you can because you've done the other two steps and you put yourself in that position. And, you know, basically at this point, the money that you've generated from your investments is far more than what you need to actually live a very comfortable life. So even after you spend basically as much money as you want on your living expenses, you know, you still have money from your passive income that's being put into your savings. So not only are you um, living a lavish lifestyle and really enjoying your life, but your wealth is actually constantly increasing at the same time. Absolutely. And this is really where everybody tries to jump to immediately, right? So we've done three segments on this podcast alone. We've talked about so many things, so many concepts and everything else out there is selling you this financial freedom. They're selling you the get rich quick. You want to jump all these steps. You want to get all this crazy stuff right the away. The Ty Lopez, the Ty Lopez exactly. <laughs> exactly. The Ty Lopez, you know, the, the Grant Cardone, 10 X, everything, Bond. Jason, Jason Bond. Bonds picks, all these guys. I mean, we, we guys, we can list these guys forever. They all are trying to sell you a pipe dream that doesn't exist, you know, and without doing the things that we talked about in front of this financial freedom, the last stage, the final stage, the final boss, financial freedom, you're not going to get there, right? Unless you're lucky, right? That's just pure luck if you've already reached that. If you bought Bitcoin 12 years ago at, when it was like five bucks and then went up to 20 and you cashed out, that's the only way you're going to get there without doing the, the steps that we were talking about today, right? So this stuff is not hard, but if no one's teaching you this stuff, if nobody is guiding you, then it is difficult. 
because you're busy doing other things, right? Your passion probably isn't finance like ours is. So you're, whatever you're doing, you know, you're selling something on Etsy, you're working as a, you know, tech designer. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're a plumber, right? Every other profession. So your whole goal in life is to make as much money as possible, take care of the people that you love. And finances are like this basically, you know, magic that you don't get it. You don't understand it. And the industry makes it difficult for you to do these things yourself because they want you to come to somebody that's going to take a bunch of money from you in order to lead you down this path. And what we're saying is you don't need to be afraid of this stuff, right? Just take matters into your own hands, get this education, you know, listen to our podcast. We're going to go through all the stuff with you guys and start building knowledge, start getting a foundation going. And you're going to become really proficient with this stuff where you're coming up with your own ideas. And it's just going to spiral to where you're going to completely be able to take control of your finances and everybody around you is going to be all the better for it. 100%, 100%. Guys, you know what? I'm pleading with you. I'm pleading with you. If there's if there's one thing that you want to take out of this podcast episode, if, if you never come and listen to another episode of ours again, which is totally okay with me, if there's one thing that you learn, if there's one thing that you want to take away, I want it to be this. Make the decision. Make the decision. Only you can do that. Only you have the power to take action. Make the decision to get to financial security, to get to that first stage if you can. You know, if you're already at, you've got that financial security stage locked up, make the decision to get to the next stage, to get to that financial independence stage. You know, but make the decision to do something. Take it seriously. You know, we don't have the, uh, the, you know, we're not able to basically be careless. You know, we have to be responsible when it comes to our finances. And listen, reach out to us, you know, reach out to us, comment, uh, send us a message, right? Um, you know, we'll be more than happy to answer any questions that you guys have, right? Uh, I want to thank you guys so much uh, for taking time out of your day to listen to two guys, uh, you know, go on a rant about, uh, about financial planning <laughs> here. But uh, I hope that you guys got something out of this and uh, I look forward to providing value to you guys in the future. Absolutely, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. We hope you join us for future episodes. And like Jeremiah said, we're going to start breaking some of this stuff down into actionable steps. So as soon as you listen to it, you'll be able to take some action on it and see an immediate improvement in your finances. That's our goal. You know, we come from the industry. So we know we've, we've had hundreds of clients go through these things uh, with us. And we just want to take you guys there uh, as well. And we want to reach a wider audience so we can help a lot more people. All right, guys, thank you so much. This is us signing off. And until next time, talk to you soon. We'll be talking about straight money. Well, that concludes our episode for today. Tune in next time where we're going to be talking about concrete steps that you need to take to get financially secure. I hope that you guys got some value out of this. And if you did, Please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whichever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. If you're hearing this on YouTube, please give us a like, a subscribe. Make sure to hit that bell so you get notified when we produce another value-packed episode. Once again, this was brought to you by Easy Insurance, Vancouver's premier digital life and health insurance agency. Get a free quote at www.easy-insurance.ca.